Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up podcast. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be heated. I'm sure it's going to be fun. I'm your host, Sado Dan, and joining me as always is the, well, some would say better half of the podcast, not me personally, but uh, it's a matter of opinion, uh, the big man himself, Terry. Mate, thanks for joining me on this uh, this horrible night, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, look, I mean, not the outcome that we wanted at the judiciary, which we will talk about much, much later in the show. Um, I've got my thoughts around the process and how it happened and what was said. Um yeah, look, I think, uh, what, what do you do? It, it's taken the gloss off what was a fantastic effort from the Cronulla Sharks, uh, albeit in defeat um, on Saturday night. Well, that's true. Let, let's talk about that effort, Terry. Now, I must preface this by saying that I was at a engagement party, or an engagement party for those listening. Uh, Troy, congratulations, mate. Great night. Thanks so much for the invite. Uh, unfortunately, the technology did not allow us to watch the game on the big screen, so we were watching on a on a muted phone. I did catch the highlights later, but Penrith fans put me off rugby league for a couple of days because they're such disgusting pieces of shit, just quietly. Uh, so I haven't seen the full game, so I'm going to rely on you heavily tonight, which is a change, uh, a role reversal of sorts. So, <laughs> Terry, what uh, overall, what do you think? I think if I ever had to rely on you for this podcast that I should just go and do something else. Mate, my tweet's banging, my article's going off, and Outlaws has actually hit a new 24-hour record this week. So, yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with you. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the game, the game was absolutely fantastic. Like, that opening 25 minutes that we had against Penrith, if we can bottle that and bring that every week... Um, not many teams will be able to compete with us. Now, I know the answer to that is going to be, well, you can't bring that for 80 minutes every week. Will Penrith do it? They do. And and they may not have done it for the, 25, the, the opening 25 minutes, but they did it for the back 55 minutes. So, you know, but there are gamers where they, they literally put the foot down from start to finish and they kill you and you, you never even had a chance. One of the things with this Penrith Panthers team that people are talking about is their aura. And how they can beat you before kickoff. And we've seen it a couple of weeks ago. They went up to Newcastle and, you know, that game was that game was over before they got off the bus. It was over. But, you know, I didn't I didn't feel confident that we were we were gonna win this game because it was in Penrith. But I I've I've come away from that game going Well we matched them. You know, we matched them apart from two plays, and and that's the first set in the second half where we expected them to kick, but they ran an injury for feeder, and Connor Tracy missed a horrible tackle, and in the 79th minute, they scored off the back of just sustained pressure. And I'm going to talk about this sustained pressure because I've got lots of stats here, Dan, but just of what you've seen in the game, what were your thoughts? So we, we saw the, the opening probably 15, 20 minutes uninterrupted. Uh, it looked like Cronulla were having the best game of the season. Like We were dominating possession. We were kicking. We were tackling. Uh, we were the ones that looked dangerous. We were the ones making half breaks. I don't actually think we registered a line break, which doesn't make sense. We caught it, scored a couple of tries, I think, apart from that perhaps. But it looked like Cronulla were on. Uh, it looked like Penrith were off. But I think it, it came across at least like they were off because we were holding – we were in their face and they didn't like it. Now, like you, I was never confident that we were going to win 
even at 10 nil up. Uh, we went away for a couple of minutes and sort of got some photos done and then came back and Penrith had the ball. I can't remember seeing Cronulla had the ball until after half time. Every time I look down, we're defending our own line. Now, to their credit, until the try was scored, it didn't look like we were going to concede. The way the try was scored, okay, it's just you made 30 straight tackles on your line, they're busted over, you're tired in defense. Okay, you cop that. 10-6 against Penrith, all day, every day. After halftime, it didn't look like we were going to get into the game. That early try, I thought we're going to we're going to get lapped here. We're going to cop 40. They haven't come out. Penrith have come out firing. We've, we've tackled ourselves to a standstill. We've got nothing left. Great effort, but you know it's over. Um, late on, Apart from that Ronaldo half chance, I think it's a half chance at best, and that has to come off. It just has to hit him in the chest. I can't remember us threatening. I can't remember us looking to score, but I also didn't feel like we were going to get blown out. So overall, I'm pretty damn proud of the effort, and as dumb as this is going to sound, coming off a big win streak and losing, I feel better now about our chances of doing something in the finals than I did last week. Yeah, I mean, you have a look at the five-game winning streak. It was against the Gold Coast Titans in a shit performance. The New Zealand Warriors, where we were down 12 deal, can be described as a shit performance. The Parramatta Eels, uh, sorry, not the, the Canterbury Bulldogs, in absolutely horrendous conditions. The Melbourne Storm missing Ken Munster, Harry Grant, Felice Nafusi, and the North Queensland Cowboys without their players backing up. So we didn't really get tested. Correct. The only the only time we got tested was when we played like shit mm-hmm. and then had to turn it around. You know, we should have beat the Cowboys. We should have beat the Titans by forty. We should have we should have beat the Warriors thirty eight to four, not thirty eight sixteen. Um. So you know, it was good to see how we were in this test. And the opening twenty five minutes, we were by far the better team. Penrith had no idea what was happening, but in that twenty five minutes when we were really good, Penrith weren't really bad. Penrith were just holding on. They were holding on for dear life, right? Um, and you just felt that if we had got one more try, then, you know, the, the foot's on the throat. Penrith may not have been able to come back from it. Unfortunately, we weren't able to come, you know, we weren't able to get that try. But um, what it does show me is that we're not scared of them. We've got nothing to fear from them. And we've got every opportunity we faced in the finals to. Technical difficulty there after Dan played some music. Uh, look, what what's, um, what I will say about this is we, we've shown that we don't need to fear the Penrith Panthers. We just need to be better for longer than 25 minutes. That's pretty much how I came across. We've been saying for weeks that the opposition we played is is not really capitalised on that that ten minute period where we seem to not be able to hold the ball, where we seem to not have the energy to get off tackles and give away penalties. Uh, ultimately, that was the difference. I think you know Penrith are by far the best team in the competition. It's not even close. I had a chat with someone earlier, and, I, and he said, look, we've got to go up another level. They could go down to and still absolutely bell-end 90% of the teams. Probably us, Brisbane, and the Storm at full flight aside, I don't I don't think they'll struggle to beat the Cowboys. So overall, I mean, 
that you we both said you especially you predicted it to a T. You said if we lose twenty to ten and we fight and we concede a late try, you'd be happy with that. That's exactly what happened. So we both don't have any right to be upset. I do think that at least a player, I don't know if you want to go into it now, was found out. We'll leave that for later, but um, there's conversations that have to be had. I won't be this week for obvious reasons, which again we'll touch on very, very soon. I um I think, you know, Nico Hines didn't have the best game, let's be honest. You know, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. Let's talk about Nico Hines. He kicked for 638 metres. He's, he's become the ultimate fullback very, very quickly, where he was a pure running fullback, turn 5-8, turn halfback. So I think his game's improved, but he didn't have a big say in it. There was no big play. There wasn't that. He's got one of those in him per game. So, you know, if he can produce that in a bigger game against Penrith, which we hope is the last game of the season, just quietly, uh, you know, the game becomes, you know, much closer. Now, I feel a bit guilty saying this, but we, we lost the battle. Like, we, we lost. But did we win the war, Terry? Because our 5 eights fit this week, and theirs isn't for eight weeks. And 15 players that could slot straight in. I don't mean that, by the way. I don't want to be quoted. That is in jest. Yeah, I just, I just want to talk about If I was to say to you, Dan, that the Penrith Panthers had 43 sets of six and had over 30 tackles in the opposition territory, uh, in, in the opposition 20, how many points do you think they're going to score? Oh, probably 24, maybe 30 even. That was how many. That was the, what they had against Melbourne. They had forty-three sets of six, and they had thirty-five tackles inside Melbourne's twenty. Yep. The thirty-two points. They had forty-nine sets of six and fifty tackles in our twenty, and they scored twenty points. That's ridiculous. You give Penrith forty-nine sets against any other team, and I guarantee you they're scoring more than twenty points, and they don't score a try in the last minute to make it twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that, that really did us a disservice because we deserve to be within a play of them. Now, after the 25th minute, Cronulla had had 63% of the football. Mm-hmm. Come full-time, Cronulla had had 44% of the football. Yeah, that, that makes sense with what I saw. We didn't touch a ball for like 50 minutes. That was a big swing there. So they had 56% of the ball. We had 44%. Uh, we missed 41 tackles. They missed 36 which means both teams scrambled really well. Here's, here's the, the big difference. In the first half, we had four errors, and in the second half, we made nine errors. And in the first half, they had eight errors, and in the second half, they made four errors. And it just shows that the team that made the lesser errors won half. Um, we had some standout performances. C.C. Metallica, 153 metres, was absolutely outstanding. Nico Hines, 130 metres, 638 kicking metres. Ken McInnes, 109 metres. Um... Absolutely awesome. Blake Braley, 60 tackles for one miss. Toby Rudolph, 38 tackles. Um, let's talk about it, though. Let's talk about the uh, the incident. Uh, Dale Finucane has been found guilty for a head clash. He has been found guilty. Now, for the record, Terry and I were going to play some music here, but when I tried last time, it cut him off, so we, we won't do that because Terry... No, I do it because actually what it was, it was as you pushed the button, someone from England tried to reach Oh, there you go. Well, here we go. Everyone relax. Head down, Terry. This is very serious. It's 
the death of rugby league. I hope someone had it turned up really loud, got the shit scared out of him there. But Terry, serious, serious stuff. It's the death of rugby league in the same season where two blokes have escaped suspension for elbowing prone players on the head, on the ground, in the head. The same season, the very three or four weeks ago, we saw a bloke held and punched six times in the side of the head for a fine, yet an accidental head knock, head clash, has led to a three-week suspension to arguably the Sharks' most important player. Well, he, he is the, the most important player in our team now. I just want to read. Um, I just want to read here uh, at. Ten past seven tonight, Justice Jeff Bellow is giving former uh, players on the panel, Dallas Johnson and Bob Linder, the final instructions. His instructions are, I need to emphasise the question of intention to not answer the play in this case. The question you have to ask yourself is simple. Are you satisfied that the player failed to play at the level of care that he is required to? So they've called that play from Dale Finucane careless. Uh, he's been found guilty. Justice uh, Bellow announced the verdict. The decision of the panel is unanimous and did not require a vote from me. The panel considered the player to be careless in his contact. The panel is satisfied the contact was dangerous in that it involved an unacceptable risk of injury to the opposing player. The panel found that an unacceptable risk was brought about by a manner in which Dalvin Newkin executed the tackle. Terry? Mm-hmm. I would argue that every single tackle is with intent to hurt. You do not weigh 110 kilos, full of muscle, full of piss and vinegar, and go out there to tickle. You go out there to hit and hurt. Every single tackle this past weekend, next weekend, and in the 100-plus year of rugby league is now a careless tackle. Every single incidental head clash from now until the end of time has to be a suspension. As soon as, and I bet you London to a brick, this week we'll see a head clash and there'll be nothing said of it and Cronulla will blow up Deluxe, as they should. And I'll be leading that, Terry, because I'm waiting for it. Well, you know, for mine, and, and I'm just going to point the elephant in the room here, and, and it's good that they clarified that Dalfinuka's shoulder did not hit Stephen Crichton in the head because now they have ruled that a head clash is a suspension. It's an illegal tactic to the accidentally only, head clash. The only reason why he has gone to the judiciary is because of the state of Stephen Crichton's ear. Yes, exactly right. If if that if his ear had just blown up or cauliflowered, there's 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 nothing doing there. What they've done is they've seen Dalton who can run out of the line, put on a shot on an outside back who was looking you know looking infield rather than outfield, and and Dalton just hammered him. But look. I've got I've got indifferent opinions on this because straight away when Fanukin did it, I thought it was a shoulder charge and he was going to be sent off, and I called him a dumb C. I yelled it out. I was like, Dale, you absolute dumb C. And this is the last thing that you'd expect from Dale Fanukin. You know, a guy who I can't remember Dale Fanukin ever being suspended before in my life. No. Um. When I saw it on replay, I was like, well, it's just a head clash. It's just a head clash. Now, people are saying it's dangerous and it's reckless and it's careless. But at the end of the day, he didn't do anything illegal. So what you've now done is you've suspended him because Stephen Crichton's got a chunk missing from his ear. Now, I'm, I'm still reading this as it goes along. 
uh, our lawyer has, the lawyer for Dale Finucane, who was dreadful through this whole situation, by the way, absolutely dreadful, has now put grounds to appeal for the grading, which my question to you, Dan, is would it have been better for Cronulla and Dale Finucane to have pled guilty but gone in for a downgrade? Look, in hindsight. I don't think he was ever coming out of there with anything else but a suspension. In hindsight, yes. But I think this, you know, it, it sets a precedent that I think Cronulla thought the NRL were trying to avoid, which is accidental head clashes aren't suspensions. It well, happens. Accidental head clash, Dan. They've called this a careless head clash. Yeah, exactly. See, I, I don't see it as careless. Now, look, Dale went in. He didn't lower his head. He didn't, he didn't jump. He didn't fall. He ran in and made a tackle. Now, if Crichton had fallen, he hits his chest. Now, he probably gets sent off anyways, the way the NRL officiates these days. But it wasn't a shoulder charge. There was there was intent. I won't say there wasn't intent to hurt because he ran out of the line to flatten him, and he, he, he got him. He didn't miss. It's a shame Crichton's got hurt. Look, no one wants to see that. I personally really like Crichton. He's a Penrith player, so I'm happy to see it. Uh, look, yeah, but there's probably... 13 other Penrith players you'd rather see in a drone life get absolutely poleaxed rather than Crichton. But the tackle was fine for mine. And I go back to the fact that a bloke has just been knocked, you know, ass over fucking tits. He's laying there and he's unconscious. All the boys are running in high five and Dale. And Penrith didn't want to take Fanukin's head off. I guarantee you, if that was a shoulder charge, Kickout would have run 130 meters to belt Fanukin. He knew it was a head clash. At first, Penrith reacted. Then they saw Crichton. They saw, you know, that Dale had had it was a head clash, and everyone calmed down. There wasn't an all-in. There's a little bit of push and shove at the end because I think Cronulla over-celebrated considering the state of Crichton. I think when a player's out cold, you just stop. You just you just flat out, oh shit, good tackle, but Ashley Klein, you know, for all his fucking hopelessness, and you know. I'm going to avoid that tonight because I couldn't be bothered going through it again. He said straight away, I've got a head clash. They went to the video, who took 15 looks at it and said, I've got a head clash. Now the judiciary have come out and said, now that's not okay. Now I've seen photos come back of Zane Tenovato, you know, noted good guy Zane, who Penrith fans backed and supported through his head clash. Check it out. I'll retweet it after this. I'll put it under the um, the reply. If I forget, please let me know when I send the link out. He lowered his head and he ran into a bloke, knocked him senseless. The guy, you know, was out cold for a long time and rushed to hospital and it was ruled a head clash and not a suspension. It was 15 times worse than this, yet we're sitting here angry because we've lost our most influential player with the three biggest games of the season coming up because if we win them, we're in the top four. If we don't, we're struggling to make the top eight. That's just factual. I think... The conspiracy theory in me, theorist in me thinks the NRL are looking for a reason to get the other shit out of the headlines. Now, I'm not saying for a second that they've they've gone in and said, oh, you have to find him guilty. But I don't think they thought particularly hard about letting him off. Now, when you said before you didn't see anything but a suspension, I felt the same because of the blow-up after it and the fact that Penrith fans, you know, there's only about 1,500 of them. They're all related, by the way. They came out and made so much noise, you know, about how they're the downtrodden, even though they haven't lost a single player to suspension all year. All year. The Cowboys either. Not one game. I'm sure that's a coincidence. 
even though Viliami Kikau uh, absolutely flattened Connor Tracy with an illegal shoulder charge, that was charged. Now, again, it was a fine. I don't know how he got did escape suspension. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant for this. They created so much noise at the NRL. They, they, their knees buckled. They were, oh, shit, yeah, that's a really bad tackle. And that probably got replayed overseas and throughout, and it didn't look good. The way Crichton lay there, I was genuinely... Th- now, I joked that we had to do statements because we've just witnessed a murder. As soon as I saw Crichton's ear, oh, shit, I feel really, really bad for saying that. It was terrible to see. But it was an accident, and it will happen five times this weekend. If a bloke isn't knocked out, it will not be a suspension. If they are, it has to be three weeks, or Cronulla have got legal grounds to go in and say, Oi, what the fuck? I want to go, I want to take it back to something you said in here. Ashley Klein is hopelessness. Ashley Klein refereed this game absolutely perfectly. Um, News has just come in that we've successfully downgraded Dal Panukin's suspension to two weeks. You should have just taken the early guilty plea. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ashley Klein refereed this game perfectly. Now, there were some calls that went our way. There were some calls that went Penrith's way. In the end of the day, there was no big call that turned around and went, well, fuck me, that changed the, the, the way of the game. Here's what I will ask you, though, Dan. I'm going to put another question to you right now. It's the 76th minute. Nathan Cleary kicks the ball down the field. Connor Tracy takes the ball, and he, he runs into the Penrith tackler. Viliama Kikau showed shoulder charges him. He loses the ball. Why didn't we challenge the tackle? Not having sound. I thought we'd used our challenge earlier. I just assumed because everyone was screaming challenge and I thought, oh, Cronulla are the worst. Vossi said earlier that we've only used like the least amount of challenges in the NRL and we're at about 42% or something. So maybe it's a tactic not to use it, which is dumb. I just figured that it happened, to be totally honest. It looked a shoulder charge. Um, Maybe Connor felt it wasn't. Maybe it was ruled that the shoulder charge didn't affect it being played, the ball. But considering what happened the next night, you can challenge fucking anything now. But, I mean, the, the thing is, you, you can go back. So, because he dropped the ball in the play the ball in that tackle, you can go back and challenge that tackle. Well, they should have. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't believe that we didn't tackle it. I, I couldn't believe that we didn't challenge it. Now, going on, on back to the Dale Panookin thing here, look, was it careless by Dale? A little bit. Was it reckless by Dale? A little bit. Was it an accident? A lot. Are we now, has the NRL now opened up another Pandora's box? Because they seem to do it every year with something, you know. They ban the punch. They changed all the rules around what a shoulder charge was. Um, you know, head high tackles are now sin bins. Or, you know, you can get sent off for a slap around the face. Um, you know, Spear tackles, it's gone from being completely dropped on a bloke's head to you just have to lift a guy these days. So now we're saying that a head clash is a reportable and suspendable offence. But a shoulder charge, which is completely illegal, is only a fine. So, you know, the only reason Dale Finucane's tackle 
has been graded worse than Viliami Kikau's shoulder charge is because Stephen Crichton needed plastic surgery on Monday. Exactly right. And when you start grading incidences, incidents rather, on the result of it and the injury sustained, you're in, there's your Pandora's box. Because there are going to be hip drops that lead to ACLs, which are season-long injuries. There's going to be hip drops that, like we saw with Nakora, which I still don't think was a hip drop just between us. Nothing. It wasn't even, I think it was a penalty in, in retrospect. So two exactly the same incidents, you know, Big injury, long suspension. Is is that what we're doing now? But here's the thing. You, you just you, thank you for jogging my memory on this one. Liam Knight was playing a New South Wales Cup game for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and one of the players from the Blacktown Workers came in and cannonballed his knee. Liam Knight suffered an ACL injury, and the report on it was the ACL, the PCL, the MCL fractures. One of the worst knee injuries you've ever seen. The guy got three weeks. So there you go. So we're getting... Accidental head clash on a plastic surgery in Stephen Crichton's ear that's going to see him miss one game is the same as a cannonball that has ruined a guy's season, off-season, pre-season, and start of next year. Yep, that's exactly it. That's the box that the NRL have just just opened up with this. Now, uh, this is a horrible example, but Alex McKinnon's career was ended. The bloke that made that tackle... Should have been kicked out of the game. That is what we have to think now. It sounds stupid in saying that. Like, there's some things like spear tackles. Okay, that is, you know, 99 times out of 100, if you land on your head, that's going to lead to injury. I have no problem with those being long suspensions, whether the player's hurt or not. This, though, I, I, I guarantee everyone can clip this and they can play it next year. There will be five of these tackles this week. There won't be the impact, and there won't be the split ear, and there will be zero suspensions. But you better believe we'll be calling for it, as will every Sharks fan with a phone and a Twitter account. That is what the NRL has. Now, I know they don't care. They've got bigger things to worry about, and, oh, boy, you know, this Dale Finucan thing was forgotten until about an hour and a half ago because there's been 15 atrocities since. This in itself will be back out of the news cycle tomorrow because Manly play on Thursday night. So this will be largely forgotten, but it won't be forgotten by Sharks fans. Every single head clash from now on, we will be yelling suspension with just cause. So you've heard me five five times this week, Terry. There will be a face-on-face, there will be a HIA, and there will be no action taken. I guarantee it. The other thing that really concerned me from this is that Stephen Crichton went off immediately from the independent doctor, but Dale Finucane, who has suffered three or four head knocks this year was left to play the rest of the game and they asked him at the judiciary tonight they said did you get injured from it he said no i didn't get injured are you in concussion protocols no i didn't fail anything see that that in itself is is dangerous territory moving on uh this weekend the canola sharks have a massive test ahead of them against the south sydney rabbitohs dan at points bed stadium 5 30 in the afternoon the game sold out on Monday. Incredible. Sharks fans. Look, there's going to be a few in red and green. The Rabbitohs, not only do they travel well, they have a huge supporter base in the Shire as well. They do. It's going to be a lot of them in the, the so-called away base. They're probably up on the hill more likely. This is uh, this is a game, mate. We thought the last three were important. This one 
is worth four points because if we lose, South probably jump us in in favoritism to finish in the top four given their their form. Now I know their running is a little bit more difficult than us, but with Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker firing, I don't think it matters. Cody Walker was dreadful against Melbourne, which is something that's very concerning. And they and they beat them with not ease, but they 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 flogged them really. Now Latrell Mitchell right now is the most scary player in the competition. Yeah, I'd say him and he and Ben Hunt are probably the form players. And you give me a ten out of ten Latrell or a ten or a fifteen out of ten Hunt. I'm taking Hunt because Latrell can. He's he's made mincemeat of out out of us in the past. I know he was the difference in round one last year. You know, I, I know we should have scored on the bell last year before. I don't even remember now. Who cares? But this game is we win and we're not guaranteed a top four. But we go a long way. We lose and we're in a. Fucking dogfight. Yeah, we are in a dogfight as well because you and I penciled last weekend's loss in and we also penciled against Manly um, a loss. There's there's not too many drag there's not too many uh, um, there's not too many Brisbane losses on the horizon, there's not too many South Sydney losses on the horizon. Um, and by the looks of things there's not too many Latrell Mitchell bad games now. Just to tell you this, Latrell Mitchell was the best player on the park by far against the Melbourne Storm. He had 70 metres. That shows you that he can influence a game just by being on the park. Yeah, he can. Every time he touched the ball, he tapped four defenders like, we got to drop this guy. His ball playing this year since coming back from injury is ridiculous. And the one person who's capitalising on this is Alex Johnson. Oh, yeah, the bloke is just... Who's made a career of standing on the left wing just catching the trail Mitchell passes? It's it's ridiculous. Like on paper, the south side is good, but they don't scare me anywhere near as much as Penrith. Now on, on paper, aside from the fullback and maybe the five eight, we've got them everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much. I'd say their hooker's pretty good too, but um, oh fuck, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, they've got a good forward pack. They've got a couple of decent outside backs, but they're missing Campbell Graham who I would argue is their best outside back by quite a margin. Alex, Alex Johnson. Uh, Luke Johnson's very good, but, I mean, you know, Campbell Graham is a, is a weapon. But he's not there this week. No. Uh, one of the things that we didn't do against Penrith was give Jesse Ramian ball, which we had in the previous weeks. He's up against a centre that I have never even heard of. Um, he, Jesse Ramian has to get the ball every time. When we're 10 metres out, he needs to have two touches. Here we go again. Watch him do that and he'll score early and we won't go to him for the rest of the night. Mm. Um, look, this is this is the first time as well that you're going to see conflict of interest between myself and my partner. She's obviously a South Sydney fan as well, so she's eating dogs on. Dump up. <laughs> Just for the night. Yeah, no, no. That's, no, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, look, we're, we're going, we're sitting up in the, uh, the Monty Porter stand. Young Josh Pollan has been good enough to give us, uh, you know, his ticket into that area. We'll be sitting up there. Uh, Dan, you'll be at the game? Yeah, most likely. I've got the kids for the first time in a month, so uh, I'm going to let them decide. Now, the Beer Footy Food Festival is this Saturday at Henson Park, which is just a scheduling fucking nightmare for those of us that want to go to both. Um, there is uh, PWA, the, the local wrestling uh, is also out there, so I'm thinking of offering Bryson. You know, we catch a train out to Henson Park, but I think my little queen bee Chelsea is going to pull rank, and she will ultimately decide whether I'm there or not. I'm a little bit worried about the sellout. 
because I would like to use the bathrooms without having to line up, uh, and I'd, I'd like to get something to eat and drink. But uh, yeah, I'll be. I think I'll be there. I think the kids will be there. We'll be very, very loud. But uh, if not, don't don't sue me. Lucky for me, I'm not a, I'm not a drinking man anymore, Dan. So that that really doesn't phase me. I just, I'll just piss on the wall on my way there and hold and blood for the next two hours. That's fair. You know, I didn't have a drink at the uh, the party the other night either. What's good? What the hell's gotten into us? Oh dear, oh dear. Well, I'll tell you what can get into me a little bit of hail that oil. Hail it. 